0: Play to earn how to make money playing Axie Infinity, the all time highest selling NFT ever. Today, we're gonna meet Bryson from the Loot Squad, who trains people how to make money playing video games. Wow, welcome to Goats in the Metaverse, the only weekly show that goes deep into the world of NFTs and collectibles. I'm your host, Stanley Mayton. Once again, another solo appearance by myself. Yasi will be back next week. Can't wait till he comes back. Uh, but I'm very excited to sit down and talk to Bryson, who has a lot going on and has a really good craft in the Axie Infinity world. Before we get into that, let's check out, out everybody's favorite part of the show, the Goat Vault, what we got going on in the Goat Vault and we are back up, $54,958, what does that mean? What does the Goat Vault mean? Uh, if you subscribe to our show, once we hit 5,000 subscribers, we open up the Goat Vault and start giving away all these great NFTs. We got a cool cat in there, we got a world of women in there, we got some other very exciting things. Once again, I believe we invested around $3,000 into the GOAT vault. Right now we're up about $54,000. Who knows what the GOAT vault will be once we hit 5,000 subscribers. What we do know is it's gonna be yours once we get there. And uh, let's check out what we have going on in the wonderful world of NFTs for the last week. Here's our weekly top 10. The top three NFTs are, once again, Axie Infinity. We got a new one on the leaderboard, Doodles, which I'm excited to talk about. And CryptoPunks is still top three. So those are your top three NFTs, Axie, Doodles, and CryptoPunks. Axie, as we talk about weekly, they're the top dog. The number one selling NFT of all time. They did over $2.5 billion in sales year to date. And I'm excited to talk to Bryson soon. He could walk us through that world. Uh, Doodles is a brand new NFT that launched about a week ago. And there's been catching a lot of buzz. Uh, As you can see, the artwork is very, very cool. They have a great team behind them. It's been fluctuating around the one ETH mark. And it's one of the only NFTs that's actually going up in the down market. I personally like the project. I like the team behind it. Uh, I know one of the founders of the team just spend a hundred ETH on the logo of Doodles, uh, saying to us that they believe in their own brand and are putting their money where their mouth is and continuing to invest into it. Uh, there's also a lot of big players that are behind the project in the NFT space, talking about the project, buying up Doodles. So excited to see where that goes. Um, What else we got going on? The past two, three weeks have been a little crazy in the space. We're still in the bear market. Um, Everything is down. Everything's on sale. If you believe in an NFT space uh, or as we like to call it in the card space, buy the dip. Um, Cool cats went down from about 14 Eve to six Eve. Toads went from 12 all the way down to four. Apes are down to 29. E floor, things are continuing to go down, even though I've noticed today that there is a slight uptick. Things are starting to slowly go back up. So here's a major question. Why are things going down? Why are people panicking? Why are they selling? So the school th- the school of thought is ETH is almost at an all-time high. It hit about $4,300 this week. Uh, all-time high is about $4,400. So it's very close to an all-time high uh and bitcoin we know is at sixty six thousand this week so the school of thought is people are pulling out their money and they're putting it into coins once bitcoin continues to rise Eve follows suit and so do some of the other coins so people are taking their money out of nfts and putting it into coins do i agree with that thesis i don't disagree with it uh but i also think yeah maybe some people are are taking some money off the table. Maybe some people are genuinely scared or maybe yeah, they're chasing the alpha just like we see on a day-to-day basis in the NFT world where people are hopping onto the hottest project. Um, Maybe they're hopping onto the hottest coin out there. Um, I would not panic personally. Uh, I still believe in ETH. I still believe in NFT world and I believe those numbers are gonna come up. Now the question becomes, is this a good time to buy? My answer is, if you believe in Ethereum, if you believe in NFTs long-term, by long-term I mean not a month, not three months, not six months, I'm talking about three, five, 10 years down the line, then the answer is yes. It is a good time to buy into projects you believe in. Projects you believe the story, projects you trust the creators, the developers, people that are behind the project, projects with strong communities. Those are projects that I would totally look into buying the debt. Um, but once again, I look at it as a long-term investment. I look at it as if it goes down to a dollar tomorrow, am I still happy that I bought this? And do I still believe in this long-term? And that that's kind of my personal investing strategy. And that's something that I would advise or have you consider when you're looking to buy into NFTs. Um, some other interesting things that happened in the world of NFTs this week, we had a large hack of creature toads, not crypto toads, creature toads. Um, $368,000 was stolen ETH was stolen by a 17-year-old uh, who was tracked down and has returned the money. But after he was tracked down and after he returned the money, he hopped onto a Twitter space and started telling everybody how he did it and why he did it. And supposedly things got a little bit ugly. Uh, there was 2,500 people listening to it live. Uh, words of wisdom, do not click on any links, do not follow anything things on Discord be very 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 careful with your purchases with your mints Uh, make sure you're doing your due diligence and do not just click or buy anything Uh, it is a very hackable world out there so please be careful when you're when you're chasing things in the discord community and i'm sure this is going to continue and i'm sure we're going to learn lessons along the way um, but look, I think the good part is is that we're having these conversations in the community. We're talking about, hey, you know, here's how people could get hacked. Here's how to avoid it. And um, you know, 2,500 people in a Twitter live space are listening in on this because they care. They want to make sure this doesn't happen again. And I guess now we know how the 17-year-old thief has done it. Uh, I'm not sure what the consequences are going to be, if he's going to get turned over to the authorities because he gave back the money. Um, But uh, we shall see what happens. And we'll we'll continue to follow the story here. So that's what's been happening in the world of NFTs. Um, What I'm excited to talk about is get my man Bryson up in here and talk about Axie because I'm personally super intrigued about Axie. So without further ado, Bryson, welcome to Goats in the Metaverse, my friend. Hey, hey, thanks for having me, Stanley. How you doing? I am living the dream on a Friday. How about you?
1: Feeling pretty good. Um, it's Friday, getting a bunch of stuff done, playing a bunch of Axie, and you know, excited to be here talking about Axie. I feel like it's where I spend most of my time up until this point. So um, yeah, excited to be here. So Axie, I have so much
0: questions to ask. So much to learn. Let's go to like level 101 for somebody that's listening to the show or watching the show who has no idea what Axie is. Yeah. What's Axie?
1: So my best way of describing Axie is it is a play to earn game that operates very similar to like Pokemon. So if you've played Pokemon, you capture, you know, you get these little creatures. Well, in, you know, the Pokemon world, they don't serve the purpose of being NFTs, but when you play Axie Infinity, every character you buy, you own these little Axies uh, they're axolotl creatures. They are actual NFTs that are worth real-world value, so you can sell them for cryptocurrency that you could exchange back into uh, American dollars or whatever currency or fiat that you choose. But the cool thing is, uh, is this play-to-earn concept that is in Axie Infinity, where if you play, and you know myself, Stanley, you and I could battle one-on-one uh, with our axes, and if you were to beat me, Stanley, you would actually earn. SLP and this SLP is another cryptocurrency that has a real world valuation. And it's like people are playing and earning enough money in certain countries to be able to make a living. So that is the power behind Axie Infinity, very much a Pokemon inspired game, but a lot of fun. And these lovable little creatures allow people to make actual real world money. Wow. So you could be making money playing video games. Everything my mama
0: told me, you cannot (laughs) make money playing video games, was actually not true. Yeah. Uh, and, and and a lot of the people that are playing these games are in countries where, you know, they're making five hundred to a thousand dollars a month, which is significantly higher than
1: their national average salary. Am I correct? That is very true. Um, you know, average minimum wage in some of those places, uh, the Philippines, Malaysia, we, there's people making five or six times the average income there. And it's like, you know, just playing a game for a couple hours a day, you wouldn't even think this would be possible. But. there's a lot of people who do very well playing uh, Axie Infinity. It's been just sweeping through a lot of these uh, developing nations and even in places like Central America, South America, uh, in Asia and India as well. So how did you get into it? Oh man, the story about it. (laughs) So the crazy thing, the story of how it all started, it was April. I was previously working on a startup. I was a software engineer before jumping into the metaverse. um, And Before that process started, I was like in a space where I was like, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Like I knew what my career path was, and I wasn't too happy with it. But I was driving home uh, one morning, I went out and got something to eat. And one thing that I was I was always into was podcasts. So there's this podcast called uh, The Market Meditations Podcast. A guy named Andrew Steinwald was on it at the time, uh, and he was talking about NFTs. And at the time, he was the first to create uh, an NFT hedge fund. Um, so I'm listening, 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 driving, and um, he starts talking about this game called Axie Infinity Land and all these little creatures that people use to play. And I've always been a gamer, so I was like, hmm. Seems a little bit too good to be true, but I'll try it out. So I get home, uh, I get on the computer, I look it up, I see this stuff and I'm like, okay, this is interesting. And that night I go onto Twitch because I'm like, yo, how do I you know, find a way to learn more about this game? Like, okay, there's a discord, but is anyone streaming it? And to my knowledge, you know, back in early April, there was like maybe 40 people on the Twitch category in total that followed the game, which is like none. And there were no streamers streaming that night that I went to look for the game. So I was like, okay, I'm going to try my best to become like a big Axie personality, streamer, helped the, help the community grow, help build the game. And I got into the game and I got like completely hooked. Um, it was just, it made sense to me, like the monetary aspect made sense. And, you know, since then was able to like really uh, stake my claim on Twitch and YouTube and Twitter uh, over this last seven, eight, eight month period. But my story was literally just Axie kind of found me at the right time. And I think that I got, you know, put in a position where this game needed content creators and needed personalities and it needed people to help build the narrative and community build. And that's my main thing. So like I jumped in head first, um, started streaming after that. Uh, a couple of my friends that are that are you know, whales in the space, I met them through Axie and through streaming. They like hit me up and said, yo, why don't we start this cool thing called the loot squad? We already have Axies, we have an idea um, and we need someone to be the face and help grow and build and cultivate this community. Um, and that's where kind of everything just Blew out of proportion and now I don't know how we got where we are, but uh, it's been a heck of a journey this far. Wow. Well, congrats to you. I have like a billion questions, but let's (laughs) let's start with the last one. What is the Loot Squad? Yep. So the Loot Squad is a play to earn guild um, in the Axie Infinity and NFT gaming space but we focus on more than just kind of playing to earn. Our main focus is on community building. So we want to build up our gamers into streamers like myself, into community builders, into influencers, into content creators. We want to allow people to reach and achieve their, you know, wildest imaginations beyond just the idea of I'm playing a game and earning an income. So helping people live to thrive instead of living to survive. Um, And ideally, I think that the play to earn ecosystem is great, but we've come to understand that you need to be more than just a guild. We want to be, um, a company that creates consumer products on top of this guild infrastructure. So, what we've been doing uh, is actually uh, in our in our kind of behind the scenes time, we we're building the coinbase of Play to Earn. So, ideally, Stanley, you'd be able to literally get on your iPhone and be like, all right, I'm gonna make an account on the loot app and I am going to swipe my card and buy 10 scholarship teams that are fully managed under the loot squad, and I will earn passive income in the form of that SLP or currency. Uh, of the game just from being a part of this ecosystem and buying some teams that are managed by us. So we're really looking to expand play to earn in the United States in terms of bringing in investors into the space that bring in more infrastructure into NFT gaming as a whole. And that's where a lot of our time and energy goes on the back end.
0: Genius. So you're basically saying, hey, look, we know this game. We know how it works. We have the audience of the people that want to jump on in and, and play the game. We train them how to play the game. Now, you're a gentleman or or a lady or somebody who has a few extra dollars that says, "Hey, I want to invest into this, and now I'm making a passive income yeah. off of somebody else's skill set." Is is that what I'm hearing?
1: Yeah, because you're technically like you're you're giving. It's almost like a philanthropic standpoint as well, because you buy those ten teams. There, you know, th- that goes to ten people in a developing nation that can now earn a a, a well-den livable wage in a space where previously they wouldn't be able to. So not only are you providing a philanthropic standpoint, but you're also being able to earn yield for yourself. And um, you know, what we've come to understand is right now, you know, just in our own por- personal portfolio on this, we're returning anywhere between like 30 and and it, like it's projected to be like 30-40% uh year over year APR for people who would be putting in uh their, you know, their their investment or their income. So for us it's like we also know that we can outperform traditional index funds by an alarming rate. And there are tons of people who are already in the space of crypto, in the space of NFTs that are like, hey, you know, I would love a passive income. There's no such thing as a passive income stream in crypto. It's all value investing at at, at this point. But what NFT gaming is going to allow the future of the world to do is passively invest in people. And those people can then have the opportunity to change their lives for themselves in their communities. And that goes way beyond any floor price. NFT that you could buy and hold and, and hope that it, it accrues value because you're generating value every single month, regardless of what's happening. So our thought process is how do we cultivate and become the NFT gaming aggregator of the play to earn space?
0: I love it. I love everything about it. And, and look, I think you're talking about 30 to 40 percent returns. I have some finance friends who who <laughs> who, who, who say, hey, you know, the s you know, we outperformed S&P or. As long as you're on, the, and we're talking about you know, ten percent, yeah, twelve percent, 40 percent returns. You're talking about you know, I, I've seen some decks, I've seen some investment opportunities, I've, I've, I've seen a few things. Uh, those are real numbers. Those those are monster numbers. I mean, they might not be monster numbers on a on a you know in the day to day NFT world of us yeah. seeing you know two hundred percent returns and then. in in a matter of hours, but in, yeah, 30, 40% is, is legit numbers.
1: Yeah. And I mean, of course, you know, with crypto things fluctuate, but the ideology behind it is over time, if you put the average together, how much can you return and how much can you beat traditional funds that people are putting their money into a store of values right now? I mean, with an index fund and you put on top of that inflation, dude, you're not really getting any more than like two or 3% year over year uh, at that point. So it's like, you're not, you're not really doing, you're yeah, not doing an, an, an insane amount in, in an index fund and something of that sort. But our ideology is how do we, if we can return 20% on investment year over year, there's no space in which an investor is going to look at that and say, there is a better sound investment out there for my passive income than this. You know, So ideally, that's kind of what we think about on the financial front. But to do this on the back end, you know, it involves cultivating community. It involves putting people in positions where they can feel like they are not only empowered, but there's this level of stickiness with your brand, with your organization, and you really want to focus on creating a family. And that's what we've done on the Loot Squad so far.
0: I love it. So let's talk about community because I think like that's the number one buzzword in an NFT. Yeah. And look, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Like, we, we, had, we, had a, we had a few guests on to talk about Axies. You know, we covered the show on a weekly basis. We talk about Axies number one. I have never played Axie. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I, I, don't, I don't know how to play. I actually, I, I get the point of it. Uh, we have our community managers into it. Like, like, I, you know, I, I get it. Right. But like in this whole other world of NFTs that I'm in on a day to day basis where you're like, Hey, you know, you happen to own a, I don't know, you bought a board ape for one Eve, and now it's worth 30. Yeah. Right. Like those are some crazy, crazy numbers or something mints for 0.02 and the next day it sells for three Eve. Right but but like actually con- continues to be number one right and and and, and is number one and and let's talk and it seems like the community in Axie, which like i said in the um, in the other nft world like they don't even know what Axie really is like yeah what what is that like what
1: let's talk about the Axie community and let's talk about like just community overall in nft space yeah so i think like and, and, you know, there's going to be people that kind of go both ways on this, but I'm very much a firm believer that the Axie community, um, and, and there's a couple of other projects that do very well in terms of building and cultivating a solid community, but it starts at the very root level. Can you give people that want to be involved with the project, regardless of where the project stands, regardless of if floor prices are high, if they're low, how are you able to cultivate a group of people who have the same mindset or something very similar with different diverse backgrounds that are willing to stake you know, not their life, but stake a claim on their own personal kind of understanding and like well-being that hey, this is a project that I can get behind that I trust, but also that I'm going to be an active part of building. I think a problem you see with a lot of projects, and which is why you see stuff mint and then immediately the price jumps up to three or four ETH and then boom, it plummets back down is you have you see that most of it isn't true community. They'll like most of it is hey, we're tweeting about our floor price today because it went up like 20% or 30% in like half an hour. And I'm like, yeah, that's good for traders. And dude, it's always good to make a quick flip if you can do that. But it's like, what about building? What about that actual project? What about the people who come in after that that are like, oh, I'm buying in this project because someone said the floor is high and it's a good project. But then I get into it and I'm like, oh, it's not that great. And I've lost money. And then you potentially lose a user because there is no real identity in terms of a true community understanding behind of it. And that's what I've been trying to kind of stress to people. It's like, dude, I love all these projects, but it's like, you got to be careful because just because something is selling at a high price doesn't mean there's a strong community behind it. And a strong community is what's going to be the difference between something holding a store of value when it drops 20% or 30% on a bear market and still being able to climb back up like Axie did from 2018 to 2019, 2020, 2021, because they've been around for so long versus a fly-by-night project. And not saying all of them are, because I love the NFT space. I love Bored Apes. I love Crypto Punks, I love um, the CyberKongs and some others. But at the end of the day, it's like, there are some projects that just pop up and they'll do these really extravagant mints. Then the next week you see people selling at like half the price that they that they that they actually bought it. at, And it's like, dang, you really feel bad because, you know, that's what it is because we're so early. But I, I think like if you focus on community when you're investing in projects and really take a deep understanding of what, who are the big players in this space, who's putting money in it, who's just shilling it. Who do you see on Twitter talking about it from a community standpoint, from a togetherness standpoint? What are the initiatives? Are they doing anything in the spaces of like, uh, you know, giving back and like charity and stuff? Because all of these things cultivate a surrounding community that's going to make a project last. If I see, as soon as I see people start tweeting about the floor prices, I step back and I'm like, yeah, there might be a good chance for me to flip, but I would rather miss out on a flip than be involved in something that is going to like really plummet. Because from my standpoint, dude, it's, it's almost like detrimental to my brand to be a part of something like that.
0: No, I get it. And look, I, I think you have the right attitude about it. So let's talk about, I mean, how long does it take for somebody to learn how to play Axie? How hard is it to, to play Axi? Let's say yeah. Yeah. you know, somebody's watching a show and they're like, Look, one, maybe I don't make enough money on my real job, or or two, maybe I could dedicate two, three hours after work and, and, and play Axi. Like what what do you have to do? Right? Obviously, besides follow you on on on, <laughs> on Twitch and YouTube, but like
1: what and, and ask your questions. But like how long does it take for somebody to actually learn how to play? Um, I would say you could pick it up pretty good in a couple of hours. Like the, the biggest thing you want to kind of get down at the very base level is there are so many cards in the game and so many parts that you're not going to learn it all in a couple of minutes. But if you can just get a very decent team to start with, get into like the arena mode, get into the private adventure mode and start just kind of playing the game in terms of like, okay, Let me just throw a couple cards out there and see what this attack does. Like a lot of it is true, like intrigue and intuition at the beginning. And I sucked at the beginning. I sucked for like the first four or five days. But if you can get through the period of not being that good to really understand what's going on in the game, it'll change your perspective in terms of, oh, I see how this works. I see how a Pikachu used to use Thunderbolt. And now my plant Axie can use like, you know, spicy surprise, which is like a like, you know, a pepper tail of course but you know it, there's there is a couple of nuances into the game but if you want to get very high level it, it takes probably I would say like a month
0: a month so in a month you're kind of like if let's say you're into it you're putting into hours and
1: yeah how, exactly. how many hours a day
0: do you play Verizon
1: honestly like two I only play when I stream so a lot a lot of the times and, and you know there's this thing called scholarshiping that we were talking about earlier with the loot squad but you can get in most of your games in like a two hour period because games only last three to four minutes. So I only play a couple hours a day. I'm not like one of those, you know, traditional gaming pros that, you know, does like a 12, 14 hour stream of playing. I think that's like that'd be a lot and be super strenuous on me, but um, I think a couple hours a day and then maybe watch 20, 30 minutes of content on the game is all you need to really get a good sense of the game.
0: All right. Here we got something from our audience. What's oh yeah. We got morning? some stuff going on. <laughs> Two to four hours per day. I guess that's that sounds about yeah. pretty accurate. So and, and what's you know, let's say somebody wants to get into the game and what do they need? Do they need money? Do they need
1: uh yeah? So what do they need? yeah? So there are a couple of ways you can get in. Um the first way is let's say you do have money, let's say you have you know anywhere from Seven hundred to a thousand dollars. You're like, all right. I'm just gonna ape in. I'm gonna get me three of these, and I'm gonna get rolling. Well, first, you know, you download the wallet. You gotta get the Ronin wallet to get started, and then you wanna go in and buy axes. And this is the hard part because when I first started, I didn't really know much about the game, so I bought three really horrible axes that I had to resell back at like a lesser price and have to go through the cost of gas because everything was on Ethereum at that time. So it probably cost me fifteen hundred to find a good team because I didn't know what I was doing. But there's enough resources out now where $700 can get you a very solid Axie team that you can climb very high. And to be honest, you can make your money back in the first month if you get to a decent point in your actual skill level. So that's very good to know. Now, the other side of the game is what we call scholarshipping. That is when you actually give, um, you lend your axes or assets out. Like for example, you know, my guild has over a thousand axes. So we would lend our axes out to someone who is, you know, either less fortunate or just doesn't have the money to afford a team. And what they could do at that point is play with our team. We would take a small percentage of what they earn. We normally take around 25 to 30%. They would keep the other 70% and they would just use our team until they make enough money in the game to buy their own Axie team. And we've done this tons of time. We have over like four or five, actually I think we're 550 scholars now. So we have been doing this NFT asset lending for people for a very long time. A lot of them use it to buy their own team. Some of them are fine just playing with our Axies and using it to make a living in terms of paying for food, housing, um, you know, real life things that need to be paid for, but you know, they're making so much more. It's very kind of helpful to uh, the cost of living Based on where they're currently like stationed or located, so uh, there's a couple of ways. Those are the two main ways of getting into the game if you want to play. Now, if you want to breed, that's a completely different story. We can we we could do a whole another segment just based on uh, the the nuances of breeding. So so if you let's say I owned
0: Axie and I could lend it to you, how does that process work? Is there you're kind of assigning like a a user of it? Yeah. And then, like, how, how do you actually kind of go through that process?
1: Yeah. So the way that we go about doing it is you can pretty much create, you create separate wallets for each account that you would lend to. You would hold the private key. So the person you're lending to doesn't have any access to the wallet. They only have access to the structured login into the application of the game. So your axes are tied to your wallet, which is tethered to that user login. And when they log in, they can just play with it, but they can't go in and sell any axes or trade any axes or breed anything. You have full control over those assets. All they can do is log into the system.
0: Right. And then once that money comes in, I guess you pay them out just like you would pay out a salary.
1: Exactly. Yep.
0: And is there a negative connotation? Let's say, you know, I have an Axie and I lend it to somebody and they suck at the game. Is, is there any downside to somebody overusing an Axie or using an Axie or not using it correctly?
1: Um. So. There's, it's, there's no mileage system on Axie, so you don't have to worry about like a car where if we were to, if we were to lend a car out to someone so they could drive on Uber for us and then pay us like a stipend every month, you know, we'd have to deal with the mileage and depreciation there. But an Axie doesn't really depreciate unless you breed it. When you breed it, uh, the breed count goes up. The max you can breed an Axie is seven times. So at that point, depreciation value does happen. Um, but Not when you're playing the game, like there is no mileage system for that, however, you know, you do want your scholars to be pretty decent, like they don't need to be the top ranking players, of course, that's great. But as long as they can get the minimum amount daily, you still can receive a a solid return on investment. So, our thought process is if people are working hard, they're doing their very best, we give them the best, you know, opportunity to be successful, whether it's axes, training, anything in between. Um, but there are some times you just run into people who don't take the opportunity seriously. And we have managers that, you know, handle that. They have the discretion to remove them and add new scholars. If people aren't taking it seriously or being disrespectful. So there are both sides of the coins because people can multi-account and that can potentially get your axes banned as well. So you do have to do a very strong job at vetting these axie scholars beforehand. So you don't look up and, you know, you look up and you're, you're out of eight, $900 in assets because they got banned.
0: All right. I, I got a question from the audience that I would like to know the answer. Yeah, so, uh, Uh, Can you explain to us what happened with SLP price? It's already three months decreasing. There's any update regarding burn supply SLP?
1: Yeah. So a couple of things to kind of dig into as as I talk through this one. Um, When we we think of the SLP price uh, back during last year, I think SLP was maybe a cent at this time last year, or maybe it was less than a cent. So year over year right now, SLP is up. I think it's more than like 500% or something stupid like that. Now, where the interesting thing is most of us that got into the game, uh, got into the game after like May or June, I got in in April. So I was still like, I got into it was around 40,000 daily active users. There's 2 million, I think, or close to 2 million daily active. So a couple of things to take into account regarding SLP price with so many people playing and so much SLP minted, you know, it's like any real economy system. If you print too much money um, without, you know, having the proper ways to reduce, uh, you know, reduce the amount of money that's being printed or you're going to run into uh, you know levels of inflation or you're going to run into levels where prices are going to decrease. Uh, and, and in Axie Infinity, with more players getting into the game and potentially less people breeding right now, because the only real burning mechanism in Axie for SLP is when you breed. So if less people are breeding right now um, and in, in any system is going to work like this, if there's no way to handle the burn process, price is just going to go down a little bit. So I think at one point, SLP was sitting at like 22, 23 cents earlier maybe like two months ago. And now it's down to like, I think it's like six or seven cent. I don't know at the time of this, of, of us doing this, but um, is there any update regarding the burn? So one thing that Axie Infinity recently did, they made it to where people under a certain MMR level do not earn SLP. Uh, and they did this because there were bots that were that were pretty much minting SLP and just playing. So now they've reduced, they said over 650 million dollars, million, um, SLP per month that would be minted so that's one thing that they're doing but in the future we're going to see SLP have more use cases we're going to probably see more burn mechanisms from the Axie team I'm pretty confident of that Uh, you know with the game still being an alpha there's always going to be a period where there's a dry spell Um, but to kind of answer your question, um, SLP will be fine in the long run, in the short-term intermediary. Yes, the team has to figure out more remedies to fix the whole burning mechanism, but the team isn't going to just come up with a hundred like a hundred different ways to fix this. I don't think SLP was ever meant to be a one cent, I mean a one-dollar like currency, it's an in-game currency. If you want a store of value, I think you should stick with AXS for the long term, but at the end of the day. Uh, I think people should really just kind of relax on the pricing of SLP. And if you're in the game more so for the for the trading aspect, you don't want to be trading SLP as as your as your primary uh, trading resource. In my opinion, I, you do much better uh, trading other coins or other NFTs. In my opinion. All right. Wow, you're a
0: wealth of knowledge, man. So
1: <laughs> you're, you're you know
0: eight nine months into the space, and now you're an influencer, right? You're you're verified on Twitter you yeah. you got you know a few hundred thousand followers, subscribers. Um, how has your life changed in the last eight nine months, and uh-huh. what how, how
1: does that feel? Right, like what 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 does that even what what does that even mean? So, it, I honestly, it, it feels crazy. I haven't been able to really bask in like you know success or anything because I feel like you know, we're doing a couple of things. Loot Squads raising a very big funding round backed by some really cool investors to expand this whole building the Coinbase and play to earn. So that's like something that's really been on my mind. But um, it's been crazy because every moment has just been building. And I think the testament of how I've grown so far has been just a true testament to how strong the community we've built is. Like most of my following is not from America, I think maybe like 10% or something like that. But I was able to find a home very early on in places like the Philippines, who open, who welcome me with open arms, and you know have been very kind and very awesome to me. I love giving back and doing everything I can uh, to show them and repay that faith. Uh, But it, it it has been magical. I remember looking up like you know before I got into the space, and I would see my like my influence, like people that of influence that I really really looked up to, like Alexis Ohanian and Gary Vee, and you know people like Nadeshot in the gaming space. And, you know, being able to have these guys follow me and have conversations and really be in a space where your idols become your peers um, and you're looking at them and feeling adjacent. It's its kind of crazy. I, I don't know how to process it, but I mean, the first big thing I'm doing, I'm going to be moving to Miami in a couple of weeks, getting a super, super nice condo. Uh, and that'll kind of be like my first, I guess, moment of saying, OK, like this is the culmination of the hard work. But I just love building.
0: I love it. So you're, you're moving down to Miami. You have a brand new condo. You're going to invite everybody from the Philippines and throw a big party. Is that, is that...
1: <laughs> if I could get everybody here? I will. Uh, my plan is early next year. Uh, I wanted to get out to the Philippines in December, but I don't think it's going to happen. But early next year, I am thinking maybe in March or April, I will do an entire month uh, in the Philippines, uh, just hanging out, traveling to different islands, cities provinces and and just really meeting the people who changed my life and allowed me to change theirs. So that is like my plan uh, to spend time out there and, and get to know my family a bit more on, on that side of the world. But yeah, dude, it's been it's been a heck of a journey this far. I don't even know what I don't even know what to say because I don't know where this is going. Like my thought process was once <laughs> I got to the point of doing it full time, like that was good enough for me. And now right. it's like, OK, how can I help other people get to that point?
0: I love it. I mean, look, I love the story. And I I love the story that where it's like, we're all like, you've been in the space since April. I, you know, I've been buying NFTs since February, but like really kind of went deep, deep into it probably in May. And it's like, you know, we're, I don't, I don't want to call myself an OG, but, but like people in the space and earlier in the year, they're, they're more OGs than, 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 you know, like people who got in and like, July and August when everybody else got in. Uh, so, so, so I think it's interesting. But but I, to me, the interesting part is meeting people on a day to day basis and, and educating them about what NFTs are, what Ethereum is, like what the future holds, what yeah. things that taxi are, because we're so early and we're so new. And, and at the same time, like the technology is insane, right? Like the, the fact that the technology could help people make a living in a thorough world country where they would not be able to do so but now they're doing a plain video games right not physical labor not working in you know a factory where you know they, they could they could be inhaling something into their lungs or whatever the story may be right they're doing it out of the comfort of their home or they're doing it out of a you know an internet cafe or or whatever it is and and i think that's like if you really look at it from a different perspective um, that that that's pretty magical, right? That's pretty that's pretty kind of insane that this world can provide that for people. And yeah. uh, the first time I heard what Axie's doing for for people overseas, I was I was completely blown away for by it. And 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 I think that's a big reason why it's number one selling NFT, right? It's uh, two point five billion dollars in sales. That's crazy. Uh, which is like you know you're talking about fortune 500 company type (laughs) like we're talking about real deal type of stuff um i know we have some questions from our twitter audience we asked who got some questions we got some
1: questions oh my goodness uh first question how to apply in your scholarship program oh my oh my goodness i i get this question so much um my managers handle it mostly but There is no true application process. And this is um, another thing that we started. Uh, I do this thing on my Twitch stream called Watch to Earn because I think getting a Google form of someone's application isn't a true understanding of who they are. And it doesn't give me a good sense of their character. So in my stream, on my Twitch stream, the, the only way you can really get a scholarship is either by being super active on Twitter and like just me seeing you building community and you know then I just offer them but the other way is through tw- Twitch and you know watching my streams you know being involved in the audience being super active so I can get a sense of who you are I use that as a resume process because it scales much easier I can stream for 2 hours a day get a very good sense of who's truly here to like join the loot squad and be a part of the community and then give them scholarships over you know randomly picking people that may not know um, anything about me, anything about the loot squad. I want a family at the end of the day and I'm very selective. So that's why we have a system in place that involves you being an active community builder, because we don't want to just have fly by night players just like anything else, We, you know, we want to build an entire family. So that is the easiest way to apply. I know this question comes up so much, but you know, there are tons of resources out there. So if you're still asking this question, I need you to ask yourself, are you doing enough to, to gain the attention of a loot squad manager or, or myself, uh, there's tons of resources out there on that.
0: I, I see a segment on your YouTube channel that's like a step-by-step of what do I need to do to build a community, right? Where do I start? <laughs> What's the first yeah. step? How do I create a Twitch account? I mean, look, and I, I, I love that answer. I love the answer. It's like, I don't need your resume. I don't need your, you know, maybe you're good at answering questions or maybe you're a better writer than yeah. somebody else in that country uh you know put in that time put in that effort you're, you're almost kind of you know giving the gary v playbook of like you know hiring d-rock or something right Where it's like do it for free show yeah. us you're good at it and we'll we'll want you almost you know more than you want us right because it, it's kind of like recruiting high school sports or something like that, that right like yeah. you want to be able to see that these people have the skill set that you're mm-hmm. looking for, and I love that you want them to be content creators, yeah. right? Because that's you know you're building communities within communities. You're you're building this ecosystem. Yeah. Um, all right, and what's I mean, what's your outlook in general? I mean, about NFTs, like
1: I'm I'm so on, I'm extremely outside of, outside of you know,
0: <laughs> and then and then kind of like I know you mentioned you like bored apes and punks and and, and kongs, but like. Talk to me about it in general. What, what do you like? What don't you like? What do you see the future being?
1: Yeah. So, uh, dude, I'm extremely bullish on the NFT scene as a whole. Um, I really, really love art NFTs. So I've been doing a lot of research in my spare time and, and and kind of like stuff that doesn't involve, you know, just getting mainstream kind of opinion on it, but digging deep and finding artists that create really cool stuff and then like curating a list of things that I want to buy because I, I don't have endless ETH. I'm not a whale yet. I do pretty well, uh, but I'm not. A whale. so i have to take my time and buy just like anyone else but I, I i love art i'm also a very big fan like i said crypto punks i think they're they're like they're, it's like bitcoin uh, the bitcoin of nfts they're not going anywhere you have one you have it's like owning the mona lisa or the picasso so you know they're they're pretty much ingrained i think board apes i mean the, yeah the board apes are doing very well the cyberkongs i like cool cats they've come up but my real interest, dude, I don't know if you're familiar with them, but I think they're super undervalued. Have you have you done much with the SUP Ducks community? Um, so
0: I, believe it or not, I don't personally own any SUP Ducks. Yeah. But I've actually had a phone conversation with one of the founders and uh, seemed like one of the artists and seemed like a really nice guy and, and seemed like they're, they're, they're doing, they did it the right way. Uh, their team is legit. I think the art is super cool. Yeah. Um, I, I dig it.
1: I dig it. Yeah. And I think that th- that's one that is a sleeper because you earn uh, this crypto called Volt just from holding a subduck. So I have one. I'll probably go in eventually and buy a couple of more uh, just so I can like, you know, really hedge my bets on like the whole passive income idea into into NFTs. But I think NFTs as a whole, the, the ones that can bridge Art, community, and utility are going to be the blue chips of the future. Uh, like, for example, I like by my own standard, I don't consider a CryptoPunk a blue chip from that criteria. I consider it a blue chip from the criteria of it was first. It has like this very strong popularity. It has community because people just love it because it's like so foundational to what NFTs are. But I think the future blue chips are going to be those ones that. The art needs to be insane. It needs to be great. It needs to be cool. It needs to be something that people can gravitate towards to. People want to, you know, connect their identities to art. I mean, do you, like, what are some NFTs you're currently looking at that you are like, damn, like, that is just sick? Uh, I actually really like doodles. Uh, I just bought
0: one this week. Doodles? Uh, I had never heard of that. I, I I think the art is cool. I think the team behind it is legit. Um, I mean, look, here, in, you, you mentioned, like, a lot of things that I agree with. Art, community, utility—I mean, like you—you you hit it out of the park there. But but here's the thing. I mean, look, crypto punks, right? People own crypto punks. They're the OG. They're, I've never met anybody actually say that's not true, right? They're the original NFT. Everyone is going to say that. Everyone believes in it. Everyone who's in the NFT space says they're number one, and there's no like denying it, right? But but I think it's. You know, do you relate as a crypto punk, right? Like I have a crypto punk, but I my Twitter handle is is an ape, right? Because yeah, I I associate more myself with that culture. Um, so so I think I think it's 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 kind of I think and we seen it this week, right? Reese Witherspoon bought a world of woman, yep, changed her avatar to world of woman and and like oh there we go. Look at that producing my guy. So beautiful. Beautiful and look, I like the artwork. It's an all woman team. I'm assuming she's saying, "Hey, this is who I am. This is the artwork I relate to." She's supporting a we're all woman team, and and we're gonna we see this. We're seeing this now on the daily, right? Yes. Celebrities are hopping on, and they're not only are they changing their avatar profiles to to these profile pictures, but they're also jumping into the discords, right? We've seen it with Steph and board eight. Like they're 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 getting behind this and saying this is who I am. And if they didn't, those people like the community would actually say, this is bullshit, right? Like yeah. they're just getting paid to change their avatar to this, but no, they're actually, it's a cultural phenomenon. This is who we relate to. This is who we look like. This is what we feel like, right? Th- this is who we are. Right. And this is in the, so, in the in the NFT world. This, this is our project. And, um, and I think that, you know, obviously the more and more people that are going to kind of change their, you know, avatar pictures, the more and more, um, the more and more that's gonna help those projects grow. But yeah, listen, you build a great community, you're gonna win. Your art is beautiful, you're gonna win. Yeah. You figure out how to break in utility into the mix. And utility is not, and, and you know, I think a lot where a lot of people Utility is not offering, you know, around two for free, right? Yeah,
1: though- <laughs> that's, that's not utility. And it has
0: worked, and it, it's going to continue to work. It's going to drive the market. But I listen I, to me, like there's all these projects that are copycats and, and people are buying them. And I'm like, I don't get it. Like, I don't get that's like buying a fake Rolex, right? Like, what what's the point of buying a copycat project? What's the point of buying, you know, a fake Louis Vuitton bag? Like, just don't. Just go buy a Timex for twenty nine bucks. If you know, like, why are you going to be somebody you're not, right? It's not, it's not authentic. Um, But we'll, we'll we'll see it. We'll see it. We got one more
1: Twitter question. Okay, okay, what you got for me?
0: (laughs) Is it okay to start your scholarship or your own team with just four axes, since that's what I can save up for right now? Yeah, which one for? On the stats or cards?
1: I'd answer your question. I don't know the answer to that. Right. Oh my goodness. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a very, a very in-depth one, but yes, I think it is okay to start, um, to start with floor axes. I made a YouTube video where I legit went on the market and bought three floor axes and won games at pretty high MMRs. So there are some floor axie gems. If you do work very hard to like dig deep now, some cards that I always look for uh, when i'm building teams and you can go about using this when you're building a floor team to be successful cards that do energy steal so like serious rice if anytime you grab something like that where you're stealing energy from your opponent in the game you're going to be pretty good and then high damage cards you're going to want to apply pressure so maybe you get some beast action rolling or, or or you know something like that but you need to you know kind of focus on building a team at least strong enough to to apply enough damage to win games if you're going to give a floor Axie team to scholars so that's how i would answer that so i'd focus on serious maybe rice um let's say dual blade uh, and, and things of that sort so get some beast cards like nutcracker in there and that's probably the best way i can answer that um with the four axis scholar team i love it i love it i love in-depth
0: answer and one other question i got for you like what other games do you think are on the come-up right Ooh. what other play to earn games you think are next uh I, i'm a big believer in Zed as as an investor uh i i i think The utility on Zed is mind-blowing. Obviously, it's a little bit different than Axie, but what do you like?
1: Man, I get this question so much, and I'm so hesitant to give out too much information because, you know, in Loot Squad, we're working on partnerships with games that we believe in uh, so that we can help them grow and also uh, continue to cultivate and grab NFTs in the games ourselves. Uh, But a couple of games that I would say to look out for, uh, one that I'm really bullish on, I like Zed. I like Zed. I've talked to a couple of people there, but have not played the game yet. Um, but Alluvium is probably one that I'm extremely bullish on right now. Um, Also, you know, dabbling in the space of Voxy's NFT. I bought a couple of Voxy's. Their demo comes out at 3 p.m. today. So if you want to check out that demo, I would highly recommend it. Um, Nine Heroes. It's a Solana-based game, but it's going to be really, really sick. Very similar to like uh, PUBG, um, not PUBG, PUBG. Apex, Battle Royale style. And then the last one that I'm really into is Cypher. So those are four games that I am actively looking and looming across and trying to decide how we're going to go about our strategy for them. Uh, And, you know, for myself, I don't show games. I don't do any things that involve, you know, checking out every single game because it's so early and a lot of these games will fail. But if I had to bend my money on four of those games, of course, you have your blue chips like Star Atlas, Guild of Guardians. Those are great ways to get into as well. They're billion dollar companies. They're not going anywhere, but... I'm a very big fan of, of the four that I named at the beginning.
0: I love it. And last question, I promise, before parting words, what advice you got for somebody that's like, you know what, I want to be in,
1: I want to learn more about the space. I want to, where do I start? Where do I go? <laughs> um, I guess is that like just Axie based in general or just like, or let's like, say you yeah, want to be I a mean, I, Yeah, let, let's Axie based in general. Let's, okay. let's do that. You're the Axie expert. Okay. So like, I would say, if you just want to come in and learn more about the space, the first thing I I did when I got into is decide what I wanted to do from the very onset. I knew I wanted to be a big content creator for the game. I wanted to be someone who was serving like the community as a humanitarian and helping others. So having a strong identity behind what you want to do. Um, and if you want to build in certain ways, definitely focusing on your identity, your brand, and then Axie figuring out what fits you best. Breeding is very profitable. Um, Playing the game as a top level competitor is profitable. Running a scholarship guild is very profitable and really, really inspiring and just heartwarming. So there's tons of ways you can get in, but figuring out what works best for you. My process and kind of how I, pro- I started, first thing I did in the game, got a couple axes, started streaming, started breeding axes created a ton of content, and then eventually created my own scholar program. Um, And I think that anyone who's getting into Axie right now and not thinking, how can I get three Axies and build a scholarship for someone else so I can earn passive income and help change the world? I think like you're missing out if you don't do that. So that's where I would start. Get into the game, play it for a month, a month and a half to get very, very in-depth in in understanding how everything works and then focus on building a scholarship or two or, you know, focus on breeding and learning the different aspects of the game. But you can't, it's so much in this space, you got to take your time, you know, at the end of the day.
0: Patience is virtue. Um, All right. And where can one find
1: you all over the internet? Yep. So hello to the guy from Croatia. Nice to meet you. But you can find me Bryson underscore at Twitter Um, and then Bryson on YouTube and Twitch. Uh, But also make sure you check out the man with the plan, the guy who's running the amazing show, Goats and the Metaverse, Stanley Maiden. Make sure you follow him like, and subscribe on this YouTube channel. You know, I'm super blessed to be here as one of the, I guess, earlier goats to hop into this channel where it's under a thousand subscribers right now. So I'm thankful to be on one of these early episodes. We'll look back on this in three to five years when it's a million subscriber channel. And, you know, I'll just be so thankful to be one of the first. So Stanley, dude, thank you so much for having me. I love what you're doing over here.
0: I appreciate it, man. And you heard it from Bryson. We're going to the moon, baby. Straight to the moon. That's right. Yeah. Listen, man. And that's kind of why we started the show. We said, hey, we want to get more and more people into the space. We have some knowledge. We want to bring in great guests. Obviously, we appreciate you taking time out of your busy day, hopping on with us. once again, make sure you guys subscribe to the Subscribe, show.
1: Subscribe, subscribe,
0: The Goat Vault. <laughs> what is the
1: Goat Vault, Bryson?
0: We're gonna tell him once again, what is the Goat Vault? The Goat Vault is we took our own money, we bought NFTs, oh. we put them into the Goat Vault. Once we hit 5,000 subscribers, we opened up the vault. Oh my God, it's so big. 54K, man, we got a cool cat in our vault. In our Dude, that vault is sexy. People are sleeping on it right now. We got a world of women. We got a cool cat. We got no axes. We got to throw some axes into the vault. Oh, my God. That vault
1: is absolutely insane in the membrane. There you go, brother.
0: <laughs> and yeah, and then we're going to open it up. We're going to give it away. That's like our way of saying this is us giving back to the community. I enjoyed this interview. I hope to have you back on the show, and we're going to keep tracks of you, man, taking over the world one axie at a time guys thank you everybody for joining us we'll see you again next week see you guys later